Alright, you white motherfuckers. All eyes on me. This is the Average Years Podcast. Well, here I go, here I go, here I go. Welcome back, everybody. It's Mr. Fox of the I Refuse Podcast. I'm back with another episode. So I went to the movies last night with a couple of friends to see the Oppenheimer movie, directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Cillian Murphy and uh, what's the girl's name? Emily Blunt. So there are a couple of other people in the movie as well. So if you do not know, Oppenheimer is... An autobiographical movie with some creative license about the man behind the Manhattan Project, uh, the scientist who was hired by the government, so to speak, to develop, create, um, cultivate the science behind a multitude of atomic bombs under the umbrella of the Manhattan Project. So, it starts off with him and his, somewhat in his youth, um, in the, in a, a program under the tutelage of a very demanding professor, who he's not too keen on to the point that he attempts to off the man by poisoning an apple on his desk. At some point, there is a visit there's a visit by a more well-known person coming just to see what's going on. The professor makes some passive-aggressive comments as to undermine the greatness of young Jay Oppenheimer. The visitor, the visiting guy, goes to uh, goes for the apple and tries to take a bite of it. To which Oppenheimer throws it in the trash. At some point, um, word gets around that Jay Oppenheimer is actually pretty good, but along the way he's still met with some kind of undermining by, I guess, greater, more well-known scientists. Um, one particular, I guess, famous Nobel Peace Prize winning person who is portrayed in this movie by Josh Hartnett who I have not seen in a movie since O, oh, which was like the early 2000s. Seeing Josh Hartnett in this movie kind of really unlocked a lot of memories for me, which is a whole nother conversation for a whole nother episode. So at some point, um, you know, Josh, the character that Josh Hartnett plays, um, keep in mind that the characters in this movie are based off of actual historical figures that Oppenheimer meets along, you know, during the course of his life. But also in the background, there are some things in his personal life that also play a role later on in the film. Uh, the fact that Oppenheimer is Jewish, who, while also under um during those times they were the government and um other folks were essentially on like a witch hunt to expose uh 
perceived communist and communist sympathizers during the time. I'm trying to think of the name of it. I think it was called Black Flag or something like that. Um, so, at some point, he takes up with a woman who is believed to be a current communist or a former communist. Uh, they become husband and wife, but he continues to he continues an affair with a woman who is believed to be an actual communist um, and a spy, who he continues to see while on the path to the Manhattan Project, playing a role in the Manhattan Project. Matt Damon is in this movie, plays the de facto general that is sent to, I guess, haze or um, interview this guy. Doesn't really particularly care for for Oppenheimer um, politically, but understands that World War II is getting out of control. You know, on the orders of Truman, we must get this thing like squelch. We must get this thing done, and we must we must win at all costs. Now. Going into this movie, having watched uh, The Man in the High Castle, which is on Amazon Prime, which is pretty much a, a TV series, a fictional TV series that plays out the what if, if World War II had actually went in the other direction. If the Nazis and Japan had actually won. Um... At some point during the movie, you know, the, the Germany and the Nazis um, concede, which at that point, some folks that are part of Oppenheimer's team in the movie start to doubt, second guess the the motives for continuing to create the bomb. Um, there is some argument back and forth. Within the, um, the, the the laboratory, um, which at this point in the movie, they the government is so dedicated to getting these bombs made that any personal or political disagreements that the general has, or the president has, or any of the military officials have with Oppenheimer. And um, this perception that he may be giving details or uh, intel to an opposing party, that they actually go to a part of New Mexico to set up a town for all scientific staff all engineering staff, mathematical staff, anybody that's part of Oppenheimer's team in Oppenheimer and their families to live and operate while they work towards developing these bombs. At which point they also test this stuff out in the middle of the desert. 
so while we have all that going on, right? Um, there's also a conflict in conscious inside of Oppenheimer. Um, there is a conflict of morals and ethics, you know, at some point by way of, I want to say, psychological directive, um, presentation, you know, as Oppenheimer is talking to the citizens of the U.S., um, you know, there is one of many instances, courtesy of Christopher Nolan, where he suspends the the applause and the gratitude from the audience to silence while there's like an internal intensity happening within Oppenheimer as to that's a reflection of the gravity of the decision that he's made that given his early association and talks with Albert Einstein um which, by the way, the actor that portrays Albert Einstein in the movie looks exactly like Albert Einstein. So, there is pieces of some heavy conversation or advice that Albert Einstein gives to Oppenheimer that alludes to the... That leads to, that alludes to, um, some questions of, of conscience. Like, you have to understand the, the large amount of ramifications, long-standing, um, effects that come with testing out dangerous elements on American soil, not too far from where people live and breathe. Um, and not only, like, just the Japanese and the Germans and Hitler's people in parts of Europe, but U.S. citizens that you were put here to fight for or protect which is ultimately what the atomic bomb was for. Um, so you have all of these themes. You have all of the, um, the political stuff, which a lot of people really, if you want to like understand like world history and particularly United States history, you have to understand that like back in the early 20th century, um, you know, on the path to World War II, a lot of people were um, very, very paranoid. And there wasn't a necessarily a regulation on political power or political reach. Like, there was nothing stopping Jacob Hoover and some high-level power men 
from crossing ethical lines and moral lines. You know, what we know now to be ethical and moral, um, that limit and restrict people that have too much power. You got to understand that, like, they were targeting a lot of people domestically that were quote-unquote citizens of the United States. And nine times out of ten, I want to say that was based off, uh, definitely based off of prejudice, um, definitely based off of bias of some kind, that if you look a certain way, um, then you must you must be targeted. You must be against the greatness of this country. When at some point, so this this movie isn't just about Oppenheimer and him making the bomb. There is definitely a I want to say an inquisition or an interrogation or a an informal trial um, that plays well trial's a strong word. Another another thing that's going on is this um, the renewal of Oppenheimer's security clearance. Now I've never seen this happen before to where you actually have legal representation. In a you have a legal re- representation, you have a panel of people at the other end of the table. You have, um, I believe, the legal team that represents the government across from your lawyer, and then you're at the end, other end of the table, um, being questioned about what's perceived and what's rumored to be. They go through your personal life. Um, they go back as far as 15 or 20 years at this point. And this is happening pretty much after you have, after the United States has won World War II, so to speak. After you've spent numerous hours working on a series of atomic bombs to please the country. Um... They've essentially used you for X amount of years just for them to question your your loyalty, to question your faith, to question your motives because of something you did personally, which was you continued to have an affair with a woman that was known to be a spy to other people and possibly known to you to be a spy um you have they not only interview you but they also interview your wife and then your wife common law wife is sitting on the couch over your right shoulder while they go through your affair um, how long that affair lasted, um, which you may or may not know. Basically, you know, cross-examination, trying to trip you up, trip your words, um, to some extent, gaslighting you. And then, 
you know, that, that, that fucks with your common law wife. And that causes some riffraff between you two, um, in the hotel room with your legal team. And then on top of that, you know, there is a whole, um, government panel, political inquisition as to the, that, um, that you see all the time down at the house in D.C. when they want to confirm or deny a, or reaffirm a political person's, um, position or seat. So, that, that particular part, which kind of, the rest of that plays out towards the end, is definitely, definitely you get a first-hand, um, look at, you know, semantics and playing on words, um, Robert Downey Jr. is in this movie, who, he, I forget the name of the guy he plays, but you see him early on in the movie when him and uh, Oppenheimer are a lot younger. He's essentially the guy that greets Oppenheimer at the university um, where, you know, the work starts to happen. And it kind of, in a way, is used against Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Because, again, and I just thought of the, the term of the witch hunt they did back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. I believe it was called the Red Scare. And there were a lot of people that were tried, convicted, lynched, hung, electrocuted, um, gas chambered, kids like kidnapped, kids abducted, with, and it didn't take much evidence and much, um, much of any interference because, you know, again, the government has all the power. And when there's not much restriction or limitation as to how far they can go, a lot of people get killed. Um, there was a husband and wife, last name, I think, Humberg or Nuremberg, that their, that whole, uh, Red Scare thing, when you look it up, they're like the most famous example, um, because people thought they were communists. And, it, and they get into your personal life, they get into um, your habits, and they try to, they pick apart and, and play like very bad, you know, very vicious tactics into getting people in the jury in the room to believe what they believe. And it got to a point to where anybody that 
played a part in bringing Oppenheimer to to the university to where they set him and his family up with with a house that was on campus so he could focus on working on this um any any person associated with Oppenheimer that was part of putting you know the bomb together that was also in his personal life um definitely stood to be in the hot seat and Robert Downey Jr.'s character um, was one of those people. And there was definitely a lengthy committee hearing um, to which Rami Malek's character, I forget the guy's name, um, basically came in and said, this is, this is what happened, this is how it is. Um, you know, not a lot of people, and they, and they waited until like the last, towards the end of the movie pretty much, to play the conversation that Rami Malek's character had with Albert Einstein, and what Albert Einstein said to Oppenheimer. Um, because up until that point, roughly over two hours, nobody... None of us in the audience knew what it was about. But it definitely played a key role in turning... In satisfying a lot of people's negative perceptions of Oppenheimer, who was already at the throes of an ethical and moral conflict, even during... On his path to making the atomic bomb and especially after, um, to which the movie ends with him giving a rather satisfying and um, inspiring speech to a bunch of folks. And then, you know, when a lot of people heard about the Oppenheimer movie coming out, you know, a lot of people were, were bringing up, you know, the fact of the damage that that came out of testing those bombs out in the New Mexico desert and how all that radiation went to harm generations upon generations of New Mexicans. So, very much a lot was going on in the Oppenheimer movie, but it was so rich and it was so good. Um, and we had a whole conversation on the way out of the theater and the mall about Christopher Nolan's movies, Interstellar, Dunkirk, um, Inception, which Inception fucked me up for months. Um, you know, dreams and shit, and what you think is, is actually not, yeah, that, that fucks with me for a little bit. But I would definitely recommend going to see the Oppenheimer movie if you want to get more history, a history lesson from World War II, specifically the Manhattan Project, which played a key role in turning the tide. Oh, by the way, Truman was a son of a bitch to Oppenheimer. Um, you know, where it got back to Truman as to Oppenheimer's, I guess, emotional state or internal wranglings that 
Oppenheimer was in the Oval Office with Truman and basically expressed his, I wouldn't say dissatisfaction, but the the magnitude of the toll it was taking on Oppenheimer after, you know, the war was won. He felt ethically and morally responsible for the the deaths of so many Japanese people and so many, just so many human beings. To which Truman looked to him and said, it's not on you, I made the decision to do that. And I think he said something to the effect of, people don't know who you are. And, you know, in a way that a conservative... Um, possibly racist and bigoted president could say to a person who helped you win a war. So just imagine, right, you have all this stuff working against you before, during, and after you've helped the country. When the Second World War... You have Robert Downey Jr.'s character, who is, uh, the last name is Strauss, who initially welcomed him into the, the college and the university um, where he was going to start doing, he started doing his work, only to attempt to throw Oppenheimer under the bus during his uh, ambition to secure a seat in, I believe, Truman's cabinet. All because he didn't like what he perceived was Oppenheimer bad-mouthing him to Einstein. So... You have that going on, and then you have the the commission, the government, the FBI, pull, trying to pull out all this dirt on you, just strictly off of your association with a person that is a known communist. And you're married to a woman, or you have a common law wife, who used to be a communist. And even though you secure confidence in the general that's played by Matt Damon, it's just not enough. It's not enough to do that and then... As you are working your way with your team of physicists and scientists to create a series of bombs. And along the way, you're not, you just do not have, um, you're aware, you're aware of the, the magnitude like, this could literally poison a lot of people and kill a lot of people and expose a lot of people to radiation. 
But in that very moment, you are aware of Nazi Germany's anti-Semitism and your part Jewish. But even with that, you still face opposition. You are your security clearance is not renewed. You your credibility um, is undermined and the power of the government and the power of people that have benefited from you has effectively silenced you and diminished your influence. And it's not until you're literally in your final years in the 60s that people start to revere you. You've, for at least 15, 20 years, you have spoken out against nuclear weapons and atomic bombs and all that other stuff. And it's just not enough. Like, I walked away from that movie with several takeaways. A was, where did Chris Nolan dig up Josh Hartnett? Who did a, a phenomenal job, by the way. And Josh Peck is also in this movie as well. Um, you know, we love a Disney, Disney actor, former... Disney child actor getting a, a role in what looks to be what looks to be a major Oscar contender next year. But there are some heavy hitters in this movie. Um, all the way down to Rami Malik, who was who played the role of like a technician in one of the laboratories. Um, I believe that was under Albert Einstein. And basically, his the character's testimony at the, I guess, the Senate Commission or a confirmation hearing for Strauss led to Strauss not getting the seat in the cabinet, which that had to hurt. But it's just like, you have the geopolitics and you have, you know, regular politics where people will backstab one another even as they welcome you with one hand, they will try to stab you in the back with the other. You know, a lot of people, when you think about it, there are very much relatable themes in the movie that apply to life today and it's definitely applicable um, very much a real thing at even the highest levels of government and they even do it to people that are really intelligent scientists doctors physicists um, you're essentially upon in government officials game and 
back then they were off the fucking hook, off the fucking hook. Um, also Matthew Modine's in this one. Uh, a lot of big names have some of the minor roles. It's so minor that like if you don't press pause, you're gonna miss it. Another sidebar: um, Matthew Modine has looked like a six-year-old man my entire life, so I wasn't sure if he um, if that was prosthetic because. He is actually, I think, in his 60s now. Or if that was just his regular face, because he's always looked very wrinkly. Um, but the movie is just so damn so damn big and so rich that even the most seasoned actor has, like, minimal scenes. And it begs the question, the, the other the other areas that weren't discussed in the movie as far as the ramifications and the damage it did those testing those tests did to New Mexicans citizens of the United States that lived in other areas in the desert out in Texas, Arizona, Colorado at the time um and really how much damage it did to, like, wastewater, what it did to the air quality, what it did to the atmosphere. Um, and another sidebar is Truman was a son of a bitch. Like, it makes you wonder when a person of great power and great uh, pull goes out of their way to make the decision to abolish or essentially play a major role in the genocide of Asians. Um, not even those that were part of the effort, um, Japanese people, Oriental people, um, that you would decide to drop a bomb on these people. It doesn't matter who was on the ground. Because you want to win this war. That, uh, you, could it be racial prejudice that inspires that? Because you got the, the Red Scare that's targeting anybody that is perceived as a communist just based off of actions and association, right? And nine times out of ten, these people weren't communists, but because they were associated briefly with somebody that was a communist or could be they were just wiped out and then you do this these kind of things like the 20s and the 30s and the 40s were wild um and it even when you're at such an esteemed level like you too could be targeted 
a lot of themes covered in this movie. Um, a lot of moral and ethical dilemma uh, from a human perspective that a person faces even as a great physicist and a scientist um, who literally had conversations with Albert Einstein. Um, and suffered a great deal. Was used up. And when I say used, is when you have a person of benefit to you that you don't care about, that you don't support, that you don't go up for, that you just leave out to dry. Oppenheimer was definitely used. Used up. And because someone else was of greater value than he was politically and in the eyes of the government, his influence was diminished and he was basically relegated to the point that he didn't matter until later in life. You know, the the communist agent that he had the on and off affair with... They say in the movie that she committed suicide, but I saw some hands pushing her, her forcing her head down into the bathwater. Um, another conspiracy theory, I think. Because um, when you know all too much, you know, shit could happen, especially in those days. And then Oppenheimer's wife ended up dying in the 70s. Um, we all know Truman died in the late 60s. Um, but Oppenheimer did all that and didn't even get a Nobel Peace Prize. Like, what he did for World War II ultimately could have led to that. But of course, you know, insecurity of others caused a great deal of problems. But shout out to Christopher Nolan for getting that movie done. Three hours. Three hours. Um, went by really quick. So I give it like a 9 out of 10. Um, great to see Josh Hartnett in movies again on a major role. Haven't seen him, like I said, since the movie O, which was so stupid. Um, he looked good. He looked good. Um... I say y'all should go see it. This is Mr. Fox, the I Refuse Podcast. Be sure to follow, subscribe, wherever you see the I Refuse Podcast. We are on Twitter at I Refuse Podcast, on Instagram at I Refuse Podcast, underscore between the words. We are on age streaming platforms, and we, of course, are on YouTube. Show love wherever you see us. We appreciate it. We are even, like I said, on the Bird app, aka Twitter. Still strong. Um... And we will catch you guys later. Go see Oppenheimer. Um, a lot of the gay twinks went to go see Barbie. I might see it. Because it's um, somewhat autobiographical. Rhea Perlman plays the lady that invented the Barbie doll. The Barbie doll so she's in it. Um, so I'll probably see it after the shit dies down. But definitely recommend Oppenheimer for anybody that's into... Political history, world history, United States history, 
um, government history, um, and loves getting into morality and ethical themes and the human condition. Um, nine out of ten. Another another hit for Christopher Nolan. Cillian Murphy as the lead did really well. Um, one of the Blunt sisters who plays his wife did really well. Um, Josh Hartnett was good. Matt Damon was good. Um, Jason Clark was good. Spelled just like my name, but he has an E at the end of his last name. Um, so everybody did really well. Uh, the cast, long list of names, some familiar, some not. I recommend it. We will catch you guys later. Bye.